Get inside the game from every angle. It's Rugby Direct with Elliot Smith, powered by Newstalk ZB. Welcome into Rugby Direct, Newstalk ZB's rugby podcast. My name is Elliot Smith. I am Newstalk ZB's All Blacks commentator, and it is a pleasure to be back with you with a summer edition of the show. We're going to bring you a few different interviews from rugby identities. And on today's podcast, we chat with Dave. Dave is the man behind the Rayburn Shield. The Rayburn Shield, you may have heard of it. It's a fascinating idea. I've been aware of it maybe for uh, about six or seven years now. First came across it on social media. Now, if you aren't across what the Rayburn Shield is, basically it is like the Ranfurly Shield, but for international rugby. And Dave, as he'll explain shortly, has traced back the entire rugby history back to its roots, back to its first ever game of international rugby and then has been played for hypothetically since then and we've ended up with the latter day holders of it as we enter into 2022 and world rugby. I'll make no bones about it, I am a big fan of this concept, I think it would revolutionise some of the, the test rugby that we see around the globe. If there was something like this to play for, you wouldn't know when you get your next challenge, it would add an increasing importance to it and it would, unlike the Ramfley Shield, it's played for in every game home and away I think world rugby would be silly not to take a look at it of course now it's across both genders as well Rayburn Shield for the men's the Utrecht Shield for the women's Dave is a Kiwi and I caught up with him to explain this whole Rayburn Shield concept yeah uh, to be honest there was a crew of us uh, on a rugby forum back like 2008 we're all a bit upset about the 07 Rugby World Cup uh, and so there has to be a better way <laughs> so Sort of came up in conversation, what happens if you track it from the first winner? Uh, and we went away, found the data, and tracked it through. And I think at that point, I think actually New Zealand did have it. But, you know, we just thought, actually, this concept works. And, and there was just a few of us who kind of went, you know, this works. We should name it after that first location. And that was that, really. It would have probably disappeared into the ether. But me being me, I felt like it needed to be real. Uh, and so from then, there was a few of us who were making sure the, the Rayburn Shield website stood up for a year or so. And then from like then, I've gone solo really and just been like, I'll keep going until it's done. So probably over 10 years now, I've just been like keeping at it, keep the website there, keep believing. The Utrecht Shield followed later. Um, somebody else actually went, you know what, this should happen for the women's game. Um, guy called Matt. And I had a chat to him a couple of years ago. I was like, mate, can I bring them together? Because actually, this is, this is the way it should be. And I've loved the women's game for years. I remember being at the 2010 Women's Rugby World Cup final and being like, this is it. It's arrived. So it was an honour for me to, for him to let me bring them both together. Um, you know, and now I just do the good work of trying to make sure that we get it out there. And I'm a patient man. So it might be soon. It might be when my son grows up and takes over. Who knows? How much work did it take? I guess you can always know what the first game of, of rugby played was uh, or an international game, but how much work going through the um, the path that it took from the first game right through to the modern day or when you when you got there in 2008? Yeah, you know, there's a few good sources online. So one of my favourites was a, a site called Pick and Go. Um, a guy called Kev put it all together and it was brilliant. Uh, and actually subsequently he added the Rayburn Shield to his database so that it actually tracked it all and you could see it coming through. It doesn't actually update anymore since um, 20, 2019, but it was brilliant at the time. Um, and it was pulling from sources like that, really, for the men's game. It's trickier for the women's game because until quite recently, there wasn't a consolidated list of, of matches, really. Um, 
but Scrum Queens, uh, who are quite active on, on Twitter, those guys have been doing some sterling work over the last few years. Um, and they've put together a proper list now, which really helps so you can verify. But what was actually quite nice is even if you, I mean, we haven't, we've checked the data over many times, but even if you make a mistake, the Rugby World Cups always bring the Rayburn Shield or the Utrecht Shield to a single holder. So, you know, even if you got it wrong in 2017, which hasn't happened, but you know that in 2019 it resets because it, it makes its way through to the holder. And, you know, whoever wins the Rugby World Cup becomes the Rayburn Shield holder or the Utrecht Shield holder. And job done. You know, you're, you're back to set. Um, so, yeah, Springboks came out of the last one, uh, holders, and pretty promptly lost it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while for a, a challenge, though, for the Rainbird Shield, given they were out of the game for, for 2020. So there was a bit, of a bit of a lull for the Rayburn in 2020. Yeah, there was. And you know what? I always get nervous when the Springboks win the Shield because World War One they held the Shield. World War Two the Springboks held the Shield. 2019, they held the shield, and Woboho, we get a goddamn pandemic. You know, like, you've got to be, get nervous whenever the box get hold of it. Yeah. I mean, they held it from, like, 1937 to 1953. That's I think it was only, like, eight run. games or something, you know. I was going to ask, is that the longest run, or is there some of those interesting stats that have, that have sort of popped up um, along the way that, that teams have held it for long periods of time? Yeah, yeah, so that was the longest in days, if you like, or years. Um, but actually, that that great All Blacks team in the kind of late 80s, early 90s, they, they went for 18 games in a row uh, with the Shield. And of course, the Shield, you have to defend it in every game you have. Uh, if you draw, you retain it. Uh, so I think there was a draw in that 18-match run. Um, but yeah, they made it through for 18. And it's so hard to do, you know, because actually to win every single game is just such an extraordinarily difficult feat. And so like the Wallabies this year have held the Rayburn Shield. They took it off the Springboks during the Rugby Championship and then held it for five matches. And actually, for them, that was an amazing run. Um, you know, their best ever run was eight matches back in the mid-90s. So, you know, to hold it for five matches is something to celebrate. Uh, and actually, as we hopefully get to the point where it's recognised and the fans are following it, the players are involved, people can start to, uh, you know, embrace it and, and celebrate those moments, you know, those, those match runs. I suppose that's what World Rugby would gain from the concept, is that you often see that the big boys go up, but then this adds every, something on the line for every single test match. And, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about, say, the All Blacks, for example, going up and playing those big money tests. Now, while they may not necessarily lose it, it does put something on the line for every single one of those matches. Yeah, it does, yeah. And, and it also it puts something on the line for people watching them, trying to figure out if they're getting a shot. So there was a few Scotsmen I know who were really excited for England to take it off of the Springboks in this last weekend of, of the previous matches because Scotland get the first challenge at it in the Six Nations. And so you've got these Scotsmen pumped for England to win. And that's the power of the shield. That's the power of what this can bring to world rugby. Um, and actually world rugby don't realize how much they need it. World rugby only own the rugby world cup. So the rest of the time, they're kind of talking about other people's tournaments. Now, you know, if they were to, to embrace and recognise the, the Rayburn Shield and the Utrecht Shield, all of a sudden, through the whole four-year calendar, they've got a conversation piece. Their social media team alone would pay good money for it, you know. And it's not about money, but it's about that kind of interest of, you know, they, they need it. And why do they need it? Because us fans need it, because it, it helps have that thread of interest throughout. I was going to ask, have you had any uh, contact with World Rugby over the, the, the two concepts? Nothing official. Um, Talked to a few people in various spots, uh, you know, just, just sideline conversations. But no, nothing at the official level. And the truth is I'm not looking to right now because 
I sort of settled on the fact that actually World Rugby will follow when they're ready and they're kind of irrelevant at this point. The fans matter. The players matter. But that's all we need. Mm. So, you know, as fans start to enjoy this, and, and it's been really nice, actually, this autumn series, we've actually had games to, to watch and to celebrate. And you can see with a bit of consistency, people seeing how it works. And people do need a little bit of training to figure out how it works. I think Kiwis in, understand it much quicker because of the Ramfilly Shield. All you need to go is international Ramfilly Shield, but you defend it every match and boom, job done. But, you know, over here, people need a little bit more training. Um, but as they do, they start to get excited. And that's where, you know, those Scotsmen who are looking for it to come into the Six Nations, well, that, that's because they didn't know about it two months prior, but all of a sudden it was this huge prize that they were interested in. Do the Scots view themselves as the natural holders of the Rayburn Shield, given they were involved oh. in that first game? Yeah, they are the OGs. Like, yeah. they, you know, they are the kind of originals. Uh, and they always hold a special place. Uh, I think it was only a year later that England took it off of them. Uh, so, you know, they got they got their own back. But, yeah, the Scots hold it close, you know. And Rayburn Place is a lovely spot, and the Edinburgh Academical, the club, are still there, uh, even after all these years. I had a few chats with those guys as well over the years. Um, obviously, they love the fact that anything celebrates them as the birth of, of international rugby. Um, you know what's hard to find is more information about the first women's game and that's what I'd be really interested to uncover because I know it was played in Utrecht it's hard to find too much more detail about it to be honest France beat the Netherlands that day but beyond that there's not a great deal of detail and that's probably not a huge surprise because it it wasn't a huge sport at the time but um, I'd be fascinated to speak to some of the ladies who were involved that day you know because they really had blazed a trail for what we see as I mean, this order's been fantastic. There was a weekend where there were six women's internationals being played, and it was great. You had, like, the, all these men's games, all these women's games. You had choice galore, um, you know. So, uh, yeah, the history of it, it's really interesting as you dig into it. Yeah, it certainly is. Have you seen more interest over the last couple of years? I mean, just seeing it on, on social media, it feels like it has sort of elevated its presence, the interest-wise, over the last couple of years. And I suppose as the, the holder of the website and the, 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 the social media accounts, you'd be, perhaps be able to attest to that? Yeah, yeah. I think um, partially that's just me giving it a little bit more of a nudge uh, and deciding to sleep a tiny bit less. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got three kids and a very understanding wife. Um, but really, the last two years have been difficult because there's been no games. The box didn't play. Um, but then this year I could see it coming and I was like, actually, I'm going to give it a little bit of a nudge, um, made sure that I had enough, um, you know, stuff on my laptop to be able to create a few graphics for it. And I think people have really appreciated that because the the visuals allow them to kind of see what it is, where it's coming. And I think one of the things that responded really well for people was showing where it might go. Uh, and so I put together more graphics to kind of go, well, if this team wins it or this team wins it, because then they could start to look out for where their own team was. You know, I think at the start of the autumn tour, the Rayburn Shield could have gone to any one of seven teams. Um, you know, and so actually there's that kind of interest of, of is it going to make its way to us? And I was also able to do a few things. I went to the Red Roses, the England women's match at the Stoop, uh, went along with my son. And in fact, I I got a real Utrecht Shield I was going made. to say, is that, is, that the, is that a replica in the background? Yeah, yeah. So I've made a, a Fomex version of it, which I actually got signed by a load of the Red Roses um, and a few other Canadian women's players. But it, it's nice because it brought it to life. And what was wonderful was, you know, like Poppy Cleal, who's up for Women's World Player of the World uh, of the Year, she 
saw it when I got it, she's like, oh, I know this. I'm supposed to be holding it up and celebrating with it. Right. And I was just like, I was very happy, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's lovely to see the players kind of go, oh, actually, and recognise it, uh, you know. And I've got to give credit to the England women's team. They they were amazing the way they played. I think we all know that. Mm. But being at the ground, they spent a good hour afterwards making sure they interacted with all the kids, taking the time. I was so impressed. Uh, they're, they're building a legacy there. Um, and I really hope the Black Ferns get the chance to play more and, and build that same kind of legacy because it was wonderful to see in action. Yeah, certainly was. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time. Really ex- appreciate you uh, expanding on the concept with us uh, for, for Rugby Direct. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure to be here. And thank you for uh, helping me to spread the word. Uh, I'm patiently waiting. Uh, but everyone who can, who can you know, kind of follow us and help amplify our word, it helps. Um, hopefully it'll be sometime soon that you see it recognised officially, but if not, I'll be here in 10 years, still plugging away. Rayburn Shield, is it a yes from you? You can tweet me at ElliotNZ. You can follow Rayburn Shield online. Just search Google and it'll take you to the website about it and all the social links from there. And make some noise, indeed, if you think it is a concept worth looking into for World Rugby. 